0: Well, follow that. (laughs) Teach a child and the way they should go. and uh, Absolutely wonderful uh, to hear all that Naomi uh, was sharing with us there uh, in terms of what it is to serve. And uh, wonderful to be together uh, in person. Uh, You know, it's wonderful just to be amongst the people of God. And uh, even although this Sunday uh, we cannot be singing, Uh, And uh, we we long for that. We're hopeful for next week. It might be a little bit later, but we're hopeful. And uh, it's just great to be here. The last number of times that I've preached for you as a church, uh, I've uh, either preached from home or I've preached from here, but the only person that was in person was Jonathan. And uh, so you've got no idea how wonderful it is to see all of you uh, and not just... Uh, Jonathan, but it is, uh, it is good to be here. Let me bring you the greetings uh, of Calderwood Baptist Church over there in East Kilbride. And let me also say thank you for those who have led us into God's presence and praise and adoration. Beautiful uh, blend of voices uh, just ministering to us. Although we cannot sing out ourselves, isn't it good that when God gives good gifts to his people that they're able to minister to us? Um, to to minister in song uh, into our hearts and into our lives. If you've got your Bible, I'm going to encourage you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. I'm actually going to encourage you uh, today to have your your Bible open uh, because we're going to be uh, looking at a number uh, of passages of Scripture this morning just to help us uh, understand gentleness. Uh, But we're going to begin in Galatians chapter 5 and we're going to look at a passage that we should probably uh, know by heart by now because we've been working through it in the context of our series. I'm going to pick the reading up at verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5, but I'm going to encourage you to keep your Bible open or if it's your phone uh, that you use, be ready uh, just to, to bounce around into different parts of God's Word this morning. Let us hear the Word of God. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Let's pray together. Gracious Father, we bow our heads, we bow our hearts beneath your word and in your presence. We thank you for all that you have been teaching us in these weeks as a church about what it is to display the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And Father, we ask this morning that as we would take some time to seek to understand that virtue, that characteristic of gentleness, that you would speak into all of our hearts, that you would apply your word to our life, and that we would be a people who would be obedient in every part, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's uh, look this morning at the second last of uh, our series on the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I said way back when we launched this series that uh, when you look at the context of Galatians chapter 5, you'll find that the works of the flesh, the works of sin... The works of disobedience and rebellion are many. There's a great big list, one piled upon another, upon another, upon another. There are many works of the flesh. But when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, you'll notice in Galatians chapter 5 that it changes from the plural when we talk about our works of rebellion And when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit in our life, in actual fact, it's not a list of fruits. What God is saying in His Word is that if we are a people who are being filled day by day by the Holy Spirit, and that's what we need to do with regards to the Holy Spirit, we can resist the Spirit, we can quench the Spirit, we can grieve the Spirit, but the command of God and the call of God is that you and I should be a people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. As believers, the Holy Spirit has brought us to that place where under a conviction of sin, we surrendered who we are to Christ. All our trust, all our hope is in Him. And so, day by day, grace-dependent people, we go to God and we seek that daily infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, as He works in our life, produces the fruit of the Spirit. And it's not a, a, a big fruit bowl from which we can say, you know, I'm pretty good, I like love, I like joy, I like peace, but my personality is so different that I can't display gentleness. Because in actual fact, it's not that kind of multiple choice option. God, by His Spirit, is producing in us the fruit of the Spirit. So the closer you and I come to Christ, the more like Jesus We allow God, in obedience to His Word, by the power of the Spirit to work in us, so all of the fruit of the Spirit will become evident within us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of them in evidence, in your life and in mine. Well, what would our churches look like if we were genuinely displaying these in abundance? And this morning we're going to think about gentleness. And I've got to be honest and say that uh, gentleness is probably the one that is the most misunderstood, It is probably the one uh, that is very often neglected uh, in the life of believers. Uh, Not in everyone, but in many. It is a virtue and a characteristic that is often misunderstood. And we're going to think a little bit about it uh, today. You know, we live in a world where there is so much hatred we live in a world where there is so much anger. In actual fact, we live uh, in the midst of a canceled culture. We live in the midst of a a woke brigade. We live in the midst uh, of people who love to vent their vitriol and their anger and their hatred uh, of pretty much just about everything. And very often, uh, the great vehicle for that is the social media vehicle. But the incredible thing is that when you and I, if we are believers in Christ, humbly submit day by day to the Word of God and to the Spirit of God, what we find is that God, by His Word and by His Spirit, wants to give to you and I an antidote to all of that vitriol, to all of that hatred, and wants you and I, as the people of God, to shine with a distinctiveness, with a difference that the world, when it looks upon it, struggles to understand it. You see, gentleness, in order to understand it, we need to understand a few of the things that it's not. Gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is not weakness. It is not about being uh, weak in the mind, or weak in the body, or weak in attitude, or weak in understanding. Gentleness is so much more than simply just being nice and simply just being kind. Gentleness is so much more than all of that. And the one that I need to speak first and foremost to myself, and I'm sure there are many who would agree that this is true of them, gentleness that God wants to produce in us has got nothing to do with your personality. And some of us who by nature, you know, had quite a forceful personality, we struggle big time with gentleness. And we like to excuse ourselves. Oh, it's just who I am. That's who God made me to be. It is not who God by His Holy Spirit is remaking you to be. But some of us like to excuse ourselves. That's just who I am. You know, I don't know about you. I I can only speak for myself. But I I was uh, brought up uh, in a family of, of four boys. You messed with one, you messed with four. You know, if one was angry about something, we were all angry about it. Nobody was going to put one over us. Nothing gentle and all of that, by the way, can I tell you. Just the force of a personality that can multiply itself many times. And sometimes I, I get tired in churches where we sometimes just excuse people by saying, oh, that's just who they are. None of us. None of us are just who we are. All of us are who we are becoming by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. All of us are a work in process. All of us are a people in the midst of our sanctification. But gentleness is none of these things. Gentleness, if we try to find a definition is much more about power under control. And This morning what I want to do is I want to talk about gentleness through the example and through the eyes of two people before we think about ourselves. And the first one, rightly and appropriately, is our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want a picture of gentleness... Then picture Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth. Picture Jesus, mankind's only savior. Picture Jesus, gentle and riding on a colt, the foal of a donkey into Jerusalem. There's an image of gentleness. The one who could speak a word and everything would change. Riding on a donkey into Jerusalem. If you want another picture, I'm so glad that uh, uh, Naomi in her little video this morning uh, had a, a father and daughter feet washing. You know, I, I have a number of roles in life to play. Not to perform in, but to be. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. In actual fact, I'm a grandfather four times over. My grandchildren call me Papa. And it's probably the title that I delight in more than any other. And yesterday, uh, I was walking round to my grandchildren's house. Three of them live in one house and one lives in another house, you know, because they've got, uh, you know, uh, different parents. That's why. And uh, as I was walking round to one of them, they were out in the front garden playing. They've got a tree with a swing and everything else. And they saw me. And they started the charge. Seven, four. A little bit behind that, 14 months. I, they started the charge. And I've got another one of seven months. And my little granddaughter, four, she launches herself. Because she knows what's going to happen. She launches herself from several feet away, but she knows. You see, gentleness is strength and power under control. And she knows. She knows Papa is big. Because. She makes fun of the size of my belly. She knows Papa is strong because she knows I can lift her up and spin her round above my head. But she also knows Papa is gentle. Papa's not going to use all that strength, all that power, in any way, shape, or form that would cause her harm. He's going to use all of that in such a gentle way. My friends, we're getting a picture of gentleness. You may have gifts. You may have strengths. You may have power, you may have authority, you may have role, you may have function, but how you exercise that? The gentleness of it all. Well, let's look for a moment at gentleness in the life of Jesus that we might learn. Even before Jesus was here, the prophet Isaiah Said of him, little bookmarks that children make you, right? The prophet Isaiah said of him in Isaiah 42, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. Isaiah. Speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ, turn to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 11. Well-known words, beautiful words. Matthew chapter 11, verse uh, 28 and 29. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You turn to uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 and uh, verse 1. And you will find uh, Paul saying this, I, Paul, myself, entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. And if you and I would learn anything uh, of what it is to be gentle in the way in which the Spirit of God would bring gentleness to be a characteristic virtue of our lives, then we need to look at our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to realize that this work that God is doing is the work of making you and I ever increasingly Christ-like. And what we need to realize is that we have to be Christ-like in any and in every circumstance and situation. Not just when the notion takes us, not just when we're feeling holy or virtuous or righteous, but in actual fact in every situation and circumstance. You see, gentleness is the godly exercise of power. That's what it is. And that's exactly what Christ did here on Earth, in that little passage in Matthew, where he says, "Come to me, we get the only place in Scripture where we actually get an insight into the heart of Jesus." You' ever thought about that? It's the only place in the Bible where we actually see the heart of Jesus." And what does it say? It says, "I am gentle." and lowly in heart. That is the heart of God towards you and I. Unrighteous, unholy, sinful people. And the heart of God is gentle and lowly towards us in Christ. And we have to be like Him. You know, during the the, the lockdown last year, uh, right at the start of the year, uh, I read a book by Dane Ottland. If you've never read this book, do your soul some good. Buy it and read it. Called Gentle and Lowly. Uh, and I tell people, read it one chapter at a time, read it slowly, and allow it to minister into your heart and life. And in the, the course of the book, Dane Ottland references John Bunyan. Now, I love the writings of John Bunyan. <laughs> Uh, John Bunyan, all of us, of course, are probably familiar with Pilgrim's Progress. After the Bible, it's the, uh, the most well-known book, uh, Pilgrim's Progress. But Bunyan, uh, and Bunyan was uh, an uneducated, uh, unschooled man. Uh, he wasn't, a, you know, a great scholar and theologian. Uh, but God likes to use folks like Bunyan. And uh, Bunyan wrote many, many things. And one of the little books that he wrote is a book called Come, and welcome to Jesus Christ. That's the name of the book, Come and Welcome to Jesus Christ. And it's all based on one text of Scripture. It's actually based on John 6, verse 37. John 6, verse 37 says this, all that the Father gives will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. And uh, Dane Ortland quotes Bunyan, when he talks about you and I understanding the gentleness of Christ. And so he puts it uh, straight out of Bunyan's book. He says, but I, this is you and I speaking, but I am a great sinner, say you, I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. But I am an old sinner, says you, I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. But I am a hard-hearted sinner, says you. I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. But I am a backsliding sinner, says you. I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. But I have served Satan all my days, says you. I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. But I have sinned against light, says you. I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. But I have sinned against mercy, says you. I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. But I have no good thing to bring with me, says you. I will in no wise cast you out, says Christ. No, wait, we say, cautiously approaching Jesus. You don't understand. I've really messed up in all kinds of ways. I know, he responds. You know most of it, sure. Certainly more than what others see. But there's perversity down inside me that is hidden from everyone. I know it all. Well, the thing is, it isn't just my past, it's my present too. I understand. But I don't know if I can break free of this anytime soon. That's the only kind of person that I am here to help. The burden is heavier and it's heavier all the time, then let me carry it. It's too much to bear, not for me. You don't get it. My offenses aren't directed towards others, they're against you. Then I am the one most suited to forgive them. But the more of the ugliness in me you discover, the sooner you'll get fed up with me. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. My friends, that's gentleness. That is power under control. That is the exercise, that is the godly exercise of power. And we see it in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now much more quickly, we also see it in the life of the Apostle Paul. And I choose Paul deliberately because sometimes we've got these ideas of the austerity of Paul and of the force of personality that Paul would be. But listen to his words as he writes to the church in Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 7. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, We had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of conflict. And he goes on to speak of how they came to them in gentleness of spirit and how they came in a way in which they wanted to encourage. Look at what he says in Philippians uh, chapter 4 and verse 5 when he's Uh, writing there about rejoicing in the Lord always again I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is at hand. And then do not be anxious about anything but in all things with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Let your gentleness be evident. And when he writes to Titus in chapter 2 and in chapter 3, who's got the job of leading and governing the church, What he writes to them is they need to learn what it is to be gentle, to be moderate, to be temperate. In other words, to be the flip side of those who are quick to fly off the handle, to assert their authority, to buy the power of personality, have their day. You see, all that we have is a gift from God all of our giftedness, all that we can do for the glory of God, He is the source of that. You and I, you and I are always only instruments. Instruments in God's hand for God's glory. And God wants by His Spirit to make you an instrument that everything you do is bathed in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Power under control. You see, when you and I are filled by the Spirit, when you and I are empowered by the Spirit, then the Spirit produces this fruit in us, and it moderates our anger. It's the antidote to what he said about the works of the flesh, about the fits of anger. And I want you to look at Paul and remember where he was and what he was doing when he met with Christ. He had witnessed the martyrdom of Stephen. He had stood over the dead body of Stephen. And he had went. And started to round up men and women of the way. And put them into prison. With righteous anger as he assumed. With great indignation. He was an enemy of the cross of Christ. And Jesus met him. On the Damascus road. The gentleness of Jesus. Saul. So why do you persecute me? And he was a man transformed. A man transformed and given over to the glory of God. And the one who was used of God to establish the church amongst the Gentiles. Well, how do you and I increase the gentleness quotient of our life? Well, how do you grow in any fruit? It takes you to John 15, doesn't it? It takes you to that place of remaining in the vine. It takes you to that place of communion with Christ. It takes you not just to the union in Christ. We love to talk about how we're being made right with God in Christ. But how do we live right? Because that's what Galatians 5 is all about. Galatians 5, in the early part, talks about how we're made right with God. But when we get to the fruit of the Spirit, it's about how do we live right with God? How do we live right for God? And that's where the gentleness comes in particularly today. Well, it's as simple as learning to respond to the invitation of Jesus when he says, come to me come to me. Come to me. Communion with Jesus. Obedience to his word. We don't do these things because they are simply a good habit. In actual fact, this is how we can live right for God. When we come into the presence of Jesus, when we allow Jesus by his word and his spirit, to apply all that He is teaching to our hearts and to our lives, that our heart might be like the heart of Jesus, that we might have the gentleness that is the perfect exercise of the power of godliness, that in all our dealings with every person we might have that power under control. You see, the Word of God and the Spirit of God are designed to change us. They are designed to transform us. As the Spirit, as He applies the Word to our life, He transforms us. We are no longer what we once were. We might not yet be all that we will be, but I'll tell you this much, if you're no different from where you were last year, something's gone wrong. Do you not think we sometimes give, I'm just speaking about the men here ladies for a moment, do you not sometimes think we give the title gentleman out too easily? I've heard people saying he's a wonderful gentleman, and I'm sitting there thinking he's an arrogant so-and-so, right? Oh, he's a wonderful gentleman. Nobody's upset or he's angry. That's the last word they'd use. he's a wonderful gentleman. This is not about some display externally. This is about the inner transformation of our being. And as God transforms who we are, we become that instrument that He can use to be influential in someone else's life. You know, it's wonderful to be in the company of gentlemen, those that are transformed. By the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Because there there's a gentle strength. There is no harshness. There is a gentle strength. There is a power under control. There is a Christ-likeness. There is wisdom. All of these things. And as I've been looking at that this week, It's so important that the preacher first applies the Word of God to himself before he would ever apply it to anyone else. And I've not done the exercise yet, but I need to. I need to turn to my wife. So for those of you who are married, I need to say, where am I on the gentleness scale? I'm a father. I need to turn to my children. And I need to say, children, where am I? This work in progress that's your dad. Despite all the times I've kind of given you that idea that I had it all together and that I knew everything. And that's not true, by the way. Where am I? In the gentleness stakes. As a papa, where am I in the gentleness stakes? It's a little bit easier when they're so young. But trust me, they'll grow. Where am I? But where am I as a brother and sister in Christ? Where am I as a church leader? Where am I as a preacher of the gospel, as an expositor of God's word? You know, sometimes when I look at Jesus and I look at my life and occasionally the life of others, I sometimes think gentleness is in short supply. I don't see it in short supply in the life of Jesus when I compare my life and others to the life of Jesus. that godly exercise of power, that strength under control, that power used for the perfection of the glory of God. Not for the advance of man. For the glory of God is in short reply. Let's pray together. Our gracious Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that we're learning of the fruit of the Spirit. And we thank you today for gentleness. And we pray, Lord our God, that by your word and by your Spirit, you would make us ever increasingly more like Jesus, and we might in all of our lives display the gentleness that honors and glorifies you in Jesus' name. Amen.